Hey there, language lovers. I'm Shannon Kennedy, co-host of the Language Hacking Podcast, along with Benny Lewis. And in this episode, we are talking to Maria Ortega Garcia, a poet, artist, and polyglot. And in this episode, we talk about learning languages as an introvert, using poetry as a tool for language learning, how artistic expression and creativity can fit into language learning, and exploring identity through languages. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, you can let us know by leaving us a review at languagehacking.com slash review. It's a great place for you to let us know what you enjoy most about the podcast so we can keep doing more of it. Now, let's get on to our interview with Maria. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 59. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. And uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Shannon, as always. And our guest today is uh, Maria Ortega. And we're going to be talking about lots of very interesting ways to use your language in more creative ways. So uh, to kick things off, Maria, let's just hear what your language learning story is. Um, well, it got started when I I learned English when I was at school. I really hated English or the way I learned it. Um, so it wasn't really a love story because I felt that I couldn't communicate, that it, it was always wrong. So. Um, years later, I traveled to France, I learned French, and it was a completely different experience. So I felt that um, learning French in a different way from the way I did when I was in school um, was much more fulfilling. I felt that I could be seen, that I could express myself, and, and it was much more, yeah, m- more fulfilling. And from then, it's just... Um, I'm a slow learner in the way that I, I kind of like to take my time. And, you know, um, at the moment I'm learning um, Irish really, really slowly. Um, and I just want to have fun with it. So I'm taking, I'm having poetry books, bilingual poetry books, and I'm just trying to decipher the language um, myself uh, with, um, with from, uh, from poetry and writing my own journals. So that's the way I, I found that is the way that works for me. So I'm also an introvert. So for me, speaking from day one was something that was causing anxiety. And that was the way I learned English. And it was for me, really. <laughs> so I had a lot of anxiety connected with um, my English expression at the beginning. And that's probably why I felt I was doing it wrong. But then over time, I kind of felt, well, I'm an introvert. What is the way that works for me? And it was taking more time just to to feel comfortable with the language and the vocabulary and the 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 way I could express having it by written, just being able to to journal for me is an essential step before I dive into a conversation. So it, it takes longer, but yeah, that's the way it works for me. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you more about your strategies for learning as an introvert. I'm also introverted and quite shy. So um, while I've been able to focus more on a speaking approach, uh, it's still, like you said, gives me a little bit of anxiety. So um, I guess my question is one, when you're feeling anxious, like even after you've done your journaling and stuff, um, how do you combat any anxiety or discomfort or nervousness you're feeling? Um, I've been 
training myself in a way with um, mindfulness and um, my the thing that works for me is to slow down the conversation and myself to, to my rhythm because sometimes when you are in a conversation I used to mirror the other person speed so you, they are speaking fast and, and you try to respond fast and that was just chaos for me but when I take a breather that's something I do often and people sometimes think that, think that I am sighting <laughs> and I'm disappointed but no it's something that works for me I just take take a breather and slow down, slow down the conversation so that I can feel myself and access the full range of, of my knowledge. Because when you are anxious, you kind of access, access maybe 10% or 20%, like it's not the full um, uh, capacity. So I just breathe and get in touch with my body. So how am I feeling? If I am feeling uncomfortable, well, I just end the conversation politely, <laughs> but um, so it's, it's just honor how I am feeling. And for that, I need to be very much in my body and, and breathing slowly. Very interesting. And so th- those are great methods, like during a conversation to to be OK with taking a pause. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be the end of the, end of the world. The person isn't going to necessarily be that, that offended or anything. But how do you practice mindfulness between those spoken sessions? Um, well, I like to meditate with the, in the, in the target language, for example, that's something that I like doing and I like to do exercise with the target uh, language. So that brings me back to my body while I am, um, experiencing the language. So in a way feels more natural when I am in a conversation. So that's, that's just a couple of things, um, that I would do. You mentioned that you like to use poetry as a tool for language learning. So what exactly does that look like? Oh, (laughs) Um, poetry. Well, I like to play with the language. That's something that I didn't allow myself for many, many years. Um, In English, for example, I felt that I couldn't um, play with it and, and write poetry because it wasn't my native language. But once I broke that kind of, um, believe, uh, just, I play with it and it doesn't really matter what level I have. Um, I just Google words and I combine, I like to write, um, multilingual poetry because that for, for example, right now I wouldn't be able to write a whole poem in Irish because I don't have enough words to write a whole poem. Right. But I mix uh, my my languages and that is a way for me to to really how to say to really experience the language i i connect with my emotions through the vocabulary i have in that language and that in a way that's that's um, the best way for me to memorize like i don't do memorizing activities but i do write poetry um with the little or um bigger um vocabulary i have so yeah, depending on the language with, um, with English and French, um, there are so many resources one can find or I use to, to write poetry. One of the, one of my best friends is rhyme zone for English, where I just uh, have, I have my ending and I look for that in, in 
in the website and it gives me so many words that I can start experiencing and playing with when I am writing my poem and see, well, which one would fit better? And that is, um, yeah, it's just playing for me. Writing poetry is an act of play that allows me to connect with my emotions and my feelings and my memories through the language. Interesting. So if, if someone wanted to get into potentially using poetry um, in their language learning, um, is it something that, like, what kind of things do you write your poems about? And are they poems that you might share with others or are they entirely for your own benefit? Like, what's the story with the poem uh, after you've initially begun writing it? Well, it depends on the level of <laughs> the language. With English, I share everything because it's, um, it makes me work better like there is this pressure i know i'm going to share it so i I want something that sounds properly and that that fits the guidelines in the language but it depends so i write about my experiences that's what poetry is about so either experiences memories um and what i do like is just to bring all my senses so if i have very low level in the language i will will um learn or start writing with um, sensorial verbs like I see these and start with colors and you know just bring your senses because that's something that well you google it you go into the dictionary and start writing those sensations that you have like you can describe your first drink in the morning like I have written multiple poems about my first morning coffee and the the taste and the smell and and how the light is shining through the window. So it's just paying attention to being present, paying attention to your surroundings and write that. That in itself is a poem when you are doing it with the intention of writing poetry and you are paying attention to the rhythm or you're paying attention to to the, the... the rhyme and the form of the words. So that is poetry. So you can write about anything, but my, my advice is always to start with something that you are experiencing or have experienced because you can't describe that um, vividly. You teach this technique to other language students and I'm curious in all of your teaching, what are some of the biggest struggles you see your students having with this technique? I do. I, I used to, well, I started teaching Spanish through poetry a few years ago, I think four, five years ago. And it wasn't a well-received <laughs> technique because it's scary and I get it. Writing poetry is kind of, if I tell you, write a poem right now, many of us are going to panic. But what I have experienced with my students in the majority, for the most part, is that they enjoy and they feel a sense of accomplishment. They surprise themselves with the things they have written. It's kind of, they end up feeling like poets, which is quite nice. And they end up feeling, oh, wow, I I really think this, or I I am able to write this. It is a very nice feeling. In some cases, though, I've I've seen students struggling with, with the topics because poetry requires you to go deep into emotions if like that's that's the way the way it works best so i find that sometimes with some students um there is a fear of you know going back to memories if i am asking well write a poem about a sad memory or a moment that was important in your life sometimes that 
moment is going to be a sad one and you may not be ready to to just you know <laughs> start writing about it and just go into your gods and the pain so sometimes i find that there is kind of a block there is a wall in well i do not want to write about this emotion so i'm going to to write about the world peace which is nice but it's not going to you're not going to be able to find the juicy vocabulary that you need for the poem, then you're going to feel frustrated. And it's like, oh, this is pointless because I do not have, then we go into our head. Like I see that my students, in those cases, they go into the into their brains thinking, well, I cannot write poetry, this is pointless. But the reason is that there wasn't this readiness to to, to be with the painful emotion or the overwhelming emotion, which is fine, but, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest struggle. And as well as uh, implementing poetry into your own learning and for how you'd help others, uh, you also take a artistic expression. And like, what what does that mean to you? And how can art uh, be a part of language learning beyond poetry? Um, well, I think that for me, the artistic expression, I as I said, I like to to bring movement, for example, into my own practice. Um, with, I don't know, dancing, with um, songs in the target language, or um, then me singing, <laughs> you know, that is um, an artistic expression. So the fact of singing is something that we can do, or, yeah, I don't know, probably um, painting. I like to, what I like to do is just get very crazy with words and colors, and, you know, it's... Uh, Again, it's just a way to connect emotionally with the expression of the, the words. So using artistic expression to learn your languages is one aspect of it, but the art itself. So when you're producing the art, when you're singing or when you're painting, do you have the intent of working on your languages while you're doing this? Or is it just something that's kind of naturally a part of the process or comes into the process as you're creating? Um, for me, it's part of the process. For me, it's, um, because the whole reason for me to learn languages is to explore my, my identity, is to get to know myself better. Um, the artistic expression is also, for me, um, a way to, to get to know myself better and explore um, my, yeah, my, my, my expression. So for me, I don't do it with the intention of learning any better. It's just I, I do it because for me it's fun and um, it allows me, it allows me to, to, how to say, to discover parts of me. So for example, I would say that um, when I am writing, and that's what I do most, honestly, I, I just write poetry <laughs> most of the time. Um, I just realized that it is interesting how I am pushed to use a certain language or a certain word for specific emotions or experiences that naturally I want to use English to talk about certain things. And I go back to use Spanish for other things. And then I want to use French for other words. And then that is for me, that's, that's something that's passionating. Like just understanding um, the diversity that it is within myself and, and how, how that wants to be expressed. So that's the, the whole point. So it's not really to, to improve on, on my language. 
So uh, creativity is absolutely something that uh, has been central to to my language learning in terms of like I've I've made a lot of video content online and I've even made videos where I'm singing in other languages and I fi- find it extremely useful. But of course, um, when uh, people think of language learning, they don't have this overlap with creativity. So if somebody feels intimidated and like they would like to implement creativity whether that be something like what I do or something like what you do, which is much more artistic and using poetry, um, uh, but like they feel intimidated, what advice would you give them to begin accepting this creativity into their language learning story? I would say two things. One, that it is fun. (laughs) So when you do not, I, I think that sometimes we get and myself included, we get too serious in whatever else, when whatever we do and learning languages is something that we can take very seriously. But if we remove this seriousness and we just allow ourselves to, to have fun, um, I think that's one aspect that, um, I would say. And then the other one is that it really works. Um, that it is necessary. I would even say it is necessary to be creative with the language in order to learn it or to express it rather well, because um, I think that sometimes we, or often, in my, at least in my experience with language learning, it is very intellectual. We just stay in our brains and in our intellect and we memorize things and we work from there, but we do not allow ourselves to, to experience the language. And to experience the language means um, play with your emotions like a kid would do, really. <laughs> it's just make mistakes or make weird combina- combinations and shout with it. And, you know, just being expressive, being creative with it, playing with it. And that is what brings the language from our brain to our body. We are, we, 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 make the language go to our guts when we talk about our emotions and to our heart when we when when we are talking about memories or experiences so that is is what in my experience makes the language stay um with us and and we really do not forget as easy um when we are not practicing all the times because i think that in i would say the majority of 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 um the language learning advice I see is in the moment you start practicing, you're sorry, in the moment you stop practicing, you forget. So you have to keep practicing in order, in order to keep the language alive, which is partially true. But that is true because it's like, I don't know, when, um, when in school you just study for an exam, there was a difference between studying the night, the night before and studying every day. Right. And I think that that's the same with language and, um, the play and the creativity and the creative expression of the language is what makes the language to settle in your body when you're playing with emotions and all that and and the feelings (laughs) and all that because it is part of your body. We've talked quite a bit about how your language has influenced the art that you produce that, you know, the language is kind of first and then the art is your expression and exploration of the language but do you find that the reverse is true as well that the art itself inspires your language studies oh yeah um yeah they they um 
what's the they retrofeed themselves um it, it goes um it depends on the on the moment and what's the the intent i think that sometimes um when i read poetry or I listen to poetry that's something that um i i adore doing that motivates me to improve on the language more just because I want to be as good as this person delivering a poem, you know, is, is, um, yeah. So of course it, it affects my, my learning and it makes me want to spend more time and explore more words and, and get better and improve my, my pronunciation and all that just, just to, to experience a more fulfilling expression of the language. So, when it comes to embracing this uh, much less traditional approach in language learning and um, taking a little bit of mindfulness and uh, artistic expression, um, you can do this differently in different stages. So what, how does it look different for a beginner versus an intermediate versus an advanced learner? Well, I'd say that for a beginner, is it requires, I'd say, more surrender and less expectations because um, you cannot do as many things. So what works for me um, in Irish, for example, is just to allow to be bil bilingual. <laughs> just I use my Irish when I can in my when I am journaling or when when I am trying to write a poem. I will seek for a word in Irish just. Oh, how, how, how does it sound? Does it sound okay in this poem? And then if it does, I put it in there. If it doesn't, well, I move on and I, I continue. So for the beginner stages is more kind of an exploration and kind of dipping your toes in the water and see where and how you can uh, introduce these words. Does it work or not? What does it evoke using this this word in this line? Might be just a line in a language and then just one word in this other language that you are trying to, to experiment with. And sometimes you just realize that it works really well. <laughs> and then that word is going to stay with you, I think, in my experience, um, in, in a in a with more context and, and you relate with the word better. So that would be for beginners, is really just dipping your toes with words. Um intermediate and advanced for me is, is pretty much the same. You have enough vocabulary and you have enough um, grammar knowledge more or less to start building sentences and to start um, exploring what happens if you change the order even if in the language wouldn't be correct but how does it feel and I think that's really important as well something that you can do is just um, experiencing with breaking the rules that come with the language and see what happens in there uh, because I, it does help, help us to, to get the rules better when we experience that. Well, if I change the order or if I do this weird thing, it doesn't really make sense. So it, 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 it makes you experience the rules in a way that stay with you better. So I would say that intermediate and advanced is, is just write and play and explore and you can just do that in a more deep, in a in a much deeper way because you have more resources, more tools. One of the questions that we always like to ask the guests on the podcast is, "What is your definition of language hacking?" Um, for me, 
language hacking would be <laughs> um, breaking <laughs> the the rules and would be be able to break the rules. Like you know when um, when you learn something at the very beginning, you cannot really break the rules because you don't even know the rules and you don't really understand what's going on. But when you have hacked the language, which I have to say, it sounds a bit aggressive. <laughs> it's, like, it's a word that I feel a bit tense with, but um, when you hack the languages, you understand really well all the, the logic and the mindset that lies underneath the language. So you can allow yourself to break all these rules because that language is, is yours or is yours now. So it's, you can do anything you want with it. Absolutely. And um, in terms of uh, where do you see yourself going in the future with both uh, how you'll work with your students and helping them with poetry and with your own language learning story, such as your Irish, well, what do you see the next years looking like? Oh, well, I see more of the same because, um, well, I started training for therapy and poetry therapist and because that's that's I think that combines the idea of mindfulness and the mind and <laughs> and poetry very well and languages as for me is all connected so what I see myself doing in the future is just working more with um, poetry I am interested in multilingual poetry for myself and for my students because it allows us to to explore and express our identity in ways that I think are very necessary when we can express all our languages um, with, um, yeah, it allows us to express more deeply. So that's something I see myself doing, working with multilingual poetry for myself and my students, um, working with poetry and therapy and languages, just keep learning languages and playing with them, learning very, very slowly <laughs> and trying to write poems. That's what I do. That makes me happy. So I won't be sharing po po poems in many languages other than English, probably, but um, not the same. Excellent stuff. Well, of course, if people want to check out Maria, I'm going to make sure that uh, all the links to her things are going to be available in the show notes, uh, which will be attached to this episode. So um, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Maria, for uh, for talking to us about this very interesting aspect of uh, of language learning. And I will wish everyone listening a very happy language learning. And until the next time. Thank you. At the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guests. And this is something that is immediately actionable, something that you can implement into your own language learning right away so that you can see results and changes in what you're doing. And I think for me in our conversation with Maria, that my takeaway was what she said about breaking rules as a part of her answer to language hacking. And it's that you need to understand what the rules are in order to break them. And I think that this is really interesting. It's something that I've seen in a lot of different aspects of my life, including music. In order to write good music, you need to know the rules to break the rules of writing music. And it's 
always a good reminder to know that the same is true for language learning. And this doesn't mean that you need to be an expert in the rules to be able to break them. But even things like the rules of poetry, where she would write poetry primarily in one language and just use a word from Irish or something like that. And that's breaking the rules of language. That's breaking the rules of poetry by combining the two. But it's just a matter of her doing it deliberately and the power in that. What about you, Benny? What was your takeaway? Uh, for me, it's kind of aligns a little bit. It's what she said uh, a little bit earlier about uh, if you're a beginner and just being able to dip your toes in the language. So in a way, that's a similar process of breaking the rules. But I think um, it, the idea, the concept of writing poetry in a language would feel completely impossible to so many people listening because they imagine uh, like professional poets and they imagine po poetry that they would have read in school. But you can dip your toes into this. You can, like Shannon was just saying, you can just put one word of the language into a potential poem that you're doing. You could maybe sing just one verse of a song um, if you're making a video. There's a lot of ways that you can uh, you can have a very small aspect of creativity in what you do, which can ease you in and can really release all these barriers. Because I think... When we imagine something like artistic expression or poetry, we imagine the this end product of what we've seen from professionals. And the only way those people have gotten to those stages has been, like I drill into you guys all the time with languages, making mistakes. And I think you can take this in to account for your creativity as well. So it's okay to have just a little tiny bit of uh, poetry in your language or artistic expression or in my case, my creativity with making videos. You can always do that in very small chunks to see that it's not as bad as you thought it was. And that could help you open up a road to this entirely new uh, form of expression that could really help you with your language. So that, that mention that she gave about dipping your toes in, I really resonated with that. Excellent. Well, that is it for this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Once again, you can let us know what your thoughts are by leaving us a review at languagehacking.com slash review. We always love hearing from you and all of the links, resources, and everything else mentioned in this episode are available to you as a part of the show notes for this episode. So until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.